It's a Wednesday. It is soccer night. Kaiser Chiefs and Budweiser Vitz will get the live commentary coming up in the next uh, 15 minutes or so. Stand by for that. Uh, it is dull nil as it stands. We'll tell you if anything transpires in that game. But we got to go all the way to Dakar now. And we get our CAF post-mortem with a Mamadou Gay African uh, football correspondent. Good evening, Mamadou. Welcome to Hashtag MSW. Good evening, Rob, and good evening to all the listeners of Hashtag MSW. Hey, I, I was watching last night. Where were you? Were you inside the hall? Did they let you in this time? They definitely let me in this time. I was even shocked and surprised. The minute I arrived here, my accreditation was in place. Hmm. And uh, I, like usual, I went to uh, the CAF uh, hotel where the offices are. And uh, everybody were in a meeting preparing this event. And I was sitting there alone. And here is President Ahmad coming in. And he walked straight to me, uh, greeted, wishes for the new year. Hmm. I replied also, and uh, all his casting also did the same. And that was it. Then I was uh, sitting there now busy on my phone. And uh, to my surprise, uh, is a special advisor in communication comes to me and says, Mamadou, you are still a CAF media expert. Why don't you come and join us in a meeting? I say, is that so? He said, please come. Then I went uh, into the meeting. To my surprise, President Ahmad was sitting there with the Minister of Sport of Senegal. Uh, uh, putting the last uh, final touch on the awards. Then, after the meeting, that was it. Then uh, I got my accreditation and everything went fine. Then after the meeting, uh, President Ahmad again came to me straight. I thought that he was going to discuss... uh, all this passing that happened uh, in Shamashek and so on. He told me, listen, Mamadou here, this was my plan. I wrote to the South African government to name the trophy of the AFCON after Nelson Mandela. Even we organized people to redesign the trophy. From there, I was waiting for an answer from uh, the government of South Africa. And my plan was, once they agree to it, we like it or not, the first edition of AFCON at 24 was going to take place in South Africa. And the answer I received from them was no no, no. I said, President, what are you talking about? I never heard about this thing. He said, I am telling you. I said, did you really receive an answer from the South African government? He said, yes. I receive an answer. It's no, no, no. Now, it putting me in a very difficult situation. As I explained in the past, you know, mm. 
the, the Moroccan, the North African, have captured this man totally. But he was really trying to find an honorable way, a decent way, to bring the Afghan to South Africa through the renaming the trophy after Nelson Mandela and everything. Now, when the South African government, according to him, say no, it became difficult. Politically, Egypt was much stronger. Even, I think, I send the, uh, the official report. When you look at government commitment, the note for South Africa is zero. The note for Egypt is 100%. Even in, in the report, there is a letter of commitment from the Egyptian government with the guarantee. The Egyptian government, from the beginning, committed to invest 28 million U.S. dollars to back the, their bid with a guarantee letter and everything. On the South African side, there was no guarantee letter. There was not even a letter from government officials. And people know everywhere in the world, if you want to host a tournament, it's not the affair of the FA, but first the government. Will it be World Cup? Will it be any competition? That zero against 100 for Egypt made the difference. I went through the report from Roland Berger. I check it in, of course, in certain parts, they try to favor Egypt. But technically, everybody knows that South Africa was superior. But the politics, it's always heavy when it comes to sport. And remember, I said it so many times in your platform, that it's about time that the South African officials know that sport and politics are one. We've seen it here. When I came here, there is only one South African journalist, Thomas Kwainete, and myself. No other South African journalist came here. There is no interest. The Egyptian government brought 40 journalists. They even already hired a big company that came here with goodies, with presentation in all the various hotels where delegations were staying. Then they put pressure on everybody, politically speaking. Even when I came here, oh, Every day I was going through the papers, the daily papers. Mm. Every daily paper you open, they were just talking about the Egyptian bid, interviewing the ambassador of Egypt in South Africa to the point that some of the journalists I know, I called them to say, but you have to balance your information. He said, but these are the people approaching us. If your embassy don't approach us, your people don't approach us, how do we write? Hmm. Just to give you an insight of why South Africa lost this bid. And it's not surprising, it's not the first time. Every time a South African competes for a position in CAF, in FIFA, he is on his own. We only see... The South African, when it's for a political position, 
But throughout Africa, anybody that goes for this position, your government is there. Your people are there. Your media is there. There is no single South African media that came to cover this event. And, and we're not surprised, though, Mamadou, because you told us last year that uh, the Egyptians will get it. And you gave the reasons why the Egyptians will win it. But I, 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 you might not hear it, but I hope you do. I'm going to quickly play for you a clip uh, by the well-renowned journalist Mark Leeson, uh, who gave his account and his opinion very briefly of the whole Egypt versus South Africa saga. And then I'll get your comment in a second. Not a surprise on the political uh, front because I think South Africa does not have many friends. We saw what happened with Danny O'Dan in the FIFA exec uh, election. The exco made the de- CAF exco made the decisions. Obviously, there's not a lot of people who who like South Africa or support South Africa, which is very strange to me because you know uh, you come here, you're going to have a good time, you're going to have a good tournament. It's, it's for the good of the game. Uh, so I wasn't surprised on that aspect, but I am surprised that you take a Nations Cup to a country where you have security problems. You have a country where they where they restrict crowds at football where they've closed their main stadium for years now uh, it's been very strange last 48 hours in my opinion i'm not surprised we lost but i don't understand why you take a nation's cup to egypt mamadou yes i totally agree with him that's mm. what that's the general opinion here everybody follows what's happening in egypt but politics very strong and very powerful in Africa, especially when it's come to sport. Uh, look, I will give you a simple example. At the moment, why we are here, Infantino is in the region, already campaigning. Mm. He visited five African countries, and each in each African country, the moment he lands at the airport, is taken straight to the state house to see the president of the country. It's not because Infantino is handsome or whatever, but that's how serious they take football. That's how serious they understand the importance of the game. Unfortunately, it's not the case in South Africa. As Magnusson said it, Danny went for election many times. Mm. Why is saying? Because once he did not have the backing of the Ministry of Sport in South Africa. They are not even interested. Government officials from Egypt were here, all over, trying to lobby, trying to convince people. That's how important it is for them. Now, the poor Ahmad is under a lot of pressure. That was his trump card to try to rename it and take it to South Africa. But unfortunately, the South African government, I don't know for which reason, said no. Then it went to election. And during the election, I spoke to many executive committee members. But they told me, Mamadou, look, we are six months away from the AFCOM. The South African government not only did not commit, but they are putting a lot of question marks. How much it's going to cost us, this and that. But Egypt came forward and said, boom, here is $28 million. Come. Now, 
What would you do? You will go to Egypt. The money is there. They are committed. The government is committed. And their letter of guarantee and commitment was signed by the prime minister, not even the minister of sport, the prime minister of the country. You cannot get a bigger political commitment than that. This is what made the entire difference. And when Danny goes for election for an executive committee of FIFA, the government of football in the world, where billions of dollars lies, he gets defeated by tiny, small Malawi. There, there is no football. The country that hosts the World Cup, that shows you that our political officials don't understand the dynamic, don't understand maybe the importance of having your representative in FIFA, having your representative in CAP, to the point that some executive committee members were telling me, Manadu, what's wrong? The most powerful country in Africa, the only country that hosts the World Cup, how come they get defeated always by small, tiny, irrelevant countries when it comes to football in Africa? What's going on? Don't they know or understand their power? What is going on? Even for me, I am not a politician, it becomes very difficult to explain. Because, generally speaking, Africa, those positions are very important. And if you look at it, I say this before, football represents the million of youth. We say this. Mm. Kaiser Chief Orlando Pirate, in two hours, 90,000 tickets gone. No political party can achieve that kind of performance. But still, unfortunately, our officials don't open their eyes and look deep in what is happening in African football. African football today is bigger is more important than even the African Union. I am sorry to say it, that's the reality. No, don't, don't ever be sorry. Before you go into your next thoughts, Mamadou, because of time, I'm going to have to uh, disappear. Um, the, the all important question is when are you back in the country? We have a lot to unpack with you. Uh, give us a, a, a time. When are you back? Are you back any time in January? I don't think so, because I think that I want to take a break, relax. Ah. Because, I mean, uh, all, all this thing happening is football is very stressful. You fight, you think you you alone, and uh, everybody felt very sorry for that. They say, how mm. can you come here and defend a bid and you are alone? Absolutely alone. Where are your government people? Where are the other stakeholders? of football in South Africa. You always come here alone and you expect to win something. It's impossible. And unfortunately, after that, everybody turned around and put the blame on the poor guy. Yeah. What man, what can you do? Yeah, that's why I want to chat to you. But have a good break. Uh, go on a, a wonderful vacation as well. Um, enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy the romantic islands, Mamadou. And come back refreshed. And we'll chat to you on the show uh, later on in the new year.
Merci beaucoup, Rob, and merci to all your listeners. Thank you so much. African football correspondent Mamadou Gay uh, joining us all the way in Dakar. Right, this is how we come to the end of a very, very busy, I don't even know what the day is today. What is it, Wednesday? <laughs> a day when I suppose a coach was dismissed, was not dismissed, will be dismissed, could be dismissed, can never be dismissed, should have been dismissed, won't be dismissed. I don't know. Maybe Brian Fukang knows. I, I have no idea. I, I, I get lost with these things. But all I can tell you is that don't miss the show tomorrow. <laughs> For whatever it takes, don't miss it. Yeah, you, you'll get a proper breakdown of so many things tomorrow. But there's a live game at the Bidwest Stadium. Brian Mufukeng is standing by. Chat to him for the very first time in 2019. Bruno? How are you doing today? I'm very strong, Baba. Good to have you back bouncing and strong in 2019. I've already heard your commentary over the weekend. I'm like, yeah, the man is back. Yeah, now somebody was saying to me that uh, they thought I'm going to stay in Zambia. and. Home is always home, eh? Yeah, always, no, no. You, you always miss some of the stuff, or Poot and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's only so much of uh, the Vic Falls, my friend, that you can have without uh, getting a, a bit of homesickness creeping uh, in. December is a, uh, what is a rainy season, so you don't really see much of the Vic Falls. You need to go there in February. That's the time when you take your bay on vacation. You know, oh, vacation. oh. That's where you actually have to go to Vic Falls. Hey man, this radio two thousand people going on big. You also there? Are you? Were no, you no, banging I'm, it out? I didn't I'm see like, the pictures. I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm like yeah, the newsreader you spoke to yesterday. <laughs> I don't want to mention names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in a fence right uh, in the middle. <laughs> I'm gonna find those pictures. You know, my scorpions never rest, Baba. You know that. <laughs> well, good to have you back. And historically, Brian. An important game, as we've seen through all the 49 years of their existence that Kaiser Chiefs, whenever they used to play against the then Wits University and now Bidvest Wits, it's a tough battle and that is why we're sitting at 0-0 right now. It is always going to be very interesting. I mean, it's difficult to come and play here. The venue is an official. It is, it is perfectly. I mean, if you look at the way that the fans come out here, the fans out of the stadium of the university get free tickets to come and watch the game here. So you're always going to expect to see a lot of fans supporting Bidvest Wits.